Good morning, Ottawa. Blocks away from three blocks away from all the action, but this is the noise we heard all night. I'm not sure how sensitive our microphone is, but I'm gonna kind of point it towards. But it was this constant truck and train type horn. It was very relaxing. No, it didn't wake me up either because I was absolutely exhausted. Anyways, this is not going to be a long feed. I just wanted to show you how loud it was. And it really is loud. So again, it's uh, it's probably just based on the uh, the microphone of the phone. But uh, anyway, so that's <clears throat> our view. I have some other news too. Oh, what do you have other news, Chris? Uh, Tell us something. I've only got one hour, one and a half hours, until I'm back, uh, allowed to post on Facebook. What? Yeah. That'll be a glorious time. So I'm Chris can so Chris can go back on uh, lives in about an hour and a half. And get banned again. And get, <laughs> get banned right away, which is why uh, I'm here. It's so pretty. I like that church. And I like the Bavarian style of those houses. Anyways, that's all we have to report today. We will uh, be back once we get out to the Parliament Hill. Oh, one more thing Chris says. So there's a lot of people who are mentioning that they haven't been able to, like our, our uh, notifications for our lives aren't coming up in their feeds. So one thing I could suggest, and yes, it does cost six bucks a month, is subscribe to the Whistle Stop Cafe Supporters Group. Um, that's the only way that I know people can actually post and get notifications as to like when we're doing lives and stuff like that. If you don't want to do it because you don't want to spend the six bucks a month, that's fine. But I'm just letting you know that there is a whole Facebook moving your news feed to a lower priority thing. There you go. Everyone's all trying to reconnect. All right, we'll be right back probably within an hour. Have a great morning. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Chris from the Whistle Stop Cafe here. We are in downtown Ottawa, and I just had to share this with you. Where's uh? It's pandemonium. It's awesome. So we've been walking for about a half an hour and we've only seen one negative response to this. And believe it or not, it looked like a politician wearing the government of Canada face covering and a suit and the whole nine. But anyway, I wanted to show you this because uh, the next few days are going to be really, really important. You are going to be, you're going to have a lot of information thrown at you, some stuff that's going to sound a little bit out there. Um, there's people talking about this convoy being a way to replace an illegitimate government and some of this more conspiracy minded stuff. And I'm not on that train at all. I believe in the power of the people. And I do believe that 
there are still some good men and women who want to represent us. And over the last couple of years, they haven't really been allowed to because if they stand up and speak out, they get thrown out of the party. So what you're seeing here, this is the opportunity for change. This is the mechanism that can show our elected representatives that we've had enough. I mean, we have people not rioting, rioting in the streets, they're partying in the streets. So now, our MPs are looking at this, they're looking at this small fringe minority, and they're realizing that, hey, you know, we have to start speaking up for these people. So caucus, uh, I guess they're sitting this week, and there's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of buzz about what's going on in Parliament. So we really need to encourage these guys and girls to use this convoy, use these... How many How many thousands of people are here, Kerry? What did they say? Hundreds of thousands? Hundreds of thousands, Hundreds of, thousands of people. Bigger than Canada Day. What does that tell you? What does that tell our government? <laughs> this is absolute insanity. Even people from Ottawa are saying this is, this is, they've never seen anything like this before. I've certainly never seen anything like this before. Sorry about that. Apparently, Carrie's phone automatically connects to the Chateau Laurier. He must spend a lot of time there. Holy good grief. Can you hold that for a second? I gotta put my glove on. Above the Rideau Canal here. Let's see if there's any skaters here. Actually, I'm not sure if you skate on this side. I think you skate on the other side, but let's look anyways. Oh, no, there's... What's that? That's the Rideau Canal. So they actually uh, close it off. Well, of course, it's... Uh, the idea is that you, you go from one of the lakes to... Uh, so it's a mini... It's it's like it's locks. It's, it's, it's uh, a mini like, Panama Canal. Mini Panama Canal. That's right. Very cool. Yeah, but I think it's the other on the other side. We'll uh, we'll look at it when we walk back, and uh, you can actually skate for miles down the Rideau Canal. So speaking of skating for miles, yes. 
<laughs> Terrible segue. Yep. How many times have I said there's power and sound? Listen to the sound right now. Like, you can actually feel it. You can feel the energy. People watching. This is what happens. It's just a Flip the camera around and you can hold on to it because I'm afraid people don't, can't hear you. And just kind of hold it there just like that. So we're just coming up to the hill now. A lot of cops, what? London police. London police. London, Ontario. Yeah. No, I know that, but they just... So they brought in extra police from London to London, Ontario to help out with crowd crowd management. Man, if only Trudeau was here to see this instead of all cozy and Tofino. You know what, he's looking at social media. Actually, maybe he's a subscriber. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Speaking of subscri subscriber, so the conspiracy and the and the and that kind of thing keeps just rolling. Yes, it does. Sophie Grigoire did not donate money to the GoFundMe for this convoy. Um, Trudeau did not spend forty-five million dollars uh, to inject rabble rousers into the crowds. Like, come on. You know why I think that stuff gets shared? Because it's exciting. Well, of course. The same as the 150,000 trucks. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of trucks here. Yeah. And, and really, there could be a lot of trucks circling Ottawa being, I don't know. But I don't know if there's 150,000. Yeah, and if people could ignore all those distractions and focus on the fact that the excitement here is that this many people did something together. I don't think Canada has ever seen something like this. I don't think so either. I'm only 42. You're, I mean, you're like old as dirt, Carrie, so yes. you would know better Actually, than me. I was going to say I was 26. But other than like when uh, Canada wins gold at the Olympics, you never get this, this feel. Look at this. There's people everywhere.
church. It's the church? They're doing uh, church service right now. Let's go up. They've got a stage set up that we walked by last night. Right underneath the, the boom arm Canada flag. That's what Chris wanted to do. So at least someone got close enough to do it. That's That was the idea. I don't know if you can tell, but there's a lot of people here. Huh? I don't think we can get any closer. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you that you are God. Father, you see this level that the truckers have brought us to. Father, we thank you that we are your servants. Father, we are bringing back God to our parliament. Nous ramenons Dieu au parlement. Father, we thank you for these truckers. Seigneur, te remercie, Seigneur, pour ces camionneurs. We thank you for their sacrifice. On te remercie, Seigneur, pour leur sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, for what they're doing. On te remercie pour ce qu'ils sont en train de faire. And Father, it is very obvious that in the last couple of weeks, you have used them as a mighty tool. Et Père, c'est très évident que durant les dernières semaines, tu les as utilisés comme des instruments puissants. You have helped them tu les as aidés to bring us to a brand new level. Pour nous amener dans une autre dimension. And God, we ask that you would cover them. Et Seigneur, on prie que tu puisses les couvrir. We ask that you would cover these leaders. Que tu puisses couvrir cette leader. Help, dear God, in the coming days. Aide-les, Seigneur, dans les jours qui vont suivre. And in the coming months. Dans les mois qui sont devant nous. Father, whatever it takes. Qu'importe qu'est-ce que ça requiert. Until our God-given freedom is restored. Jusqu'à ce que nos libertés qui nous ont été données par Dieu soient restaurées. Father, hold your hand over them. Étant tes mains, Seigneur, sur eux. Be with them. Sois avec eux. And Father, help our country. Et Seigneur, aide notre pays. Help Canada. Aide le Canada. Father, we need help. Seigneur, nous avons besoin de ton aide. Help our government. Aide nos gouvernements. Help our prime minister. Aide le premier ministre. Father, we ask these things. Nous te demandons ces choses. In Jesus' precious name. Dans le nom précieux de Jésus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Enthusiastic cheer and claps for Pastor Hillebrand.
on, let's see some enthusiasm. Come on! <laughs> to everybody here watching, both in Canada and across the world, I want to welcome you enthusiastically to Trudeau's Truck Stop! majority and unacceptable opinions. I'm going to be very quick. Just give me a couple of minutes and the Tamara's going to speak. The paramedics and the police officers from somebody who has family who wears blue, they're on our side. They're our friends. They're our families. That's why we are peaceful and loving, and we're going to work with them to fix this problem. Yeah. All of us who've grown up in Canada and people in the international world may not understand this as much. We've all grown up in a divided society. Quebec versus Ontario. Alberta versus Ontario. Everybody hates Ontario. And an entire, the entire history of Canada, we finally have achieved unity. And how did we do that? The politicians and the media got out of the way. They were not invited to the party because our men and women who feed us, who sacrifice their lives to live on the road, on a solitary road, a solitary existence, to keep us fed, they said, enough! And yesterday, yesterday, Tamara, yesterday was amazing. It was amazing. We walked over to the park, right on the Quebec border, where the government, the weasels in the government, not our cops, thought, what strategically can we do? Let's close the bridges. Let's pull over the trucks. So you know what they did from Quebec? They made the pilgrimage to cross the bridge by foot into Ontario. from Ontario, Alberta, the Prairie Provinces, and those who have driven here from the Maritimes for us to be unified for the very first time. We are not going to allow the political class to divide us. That ends now. And let's talk about the fake news media for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so all this week, the fake news media has been chasing us. And they didn't seem to get the message that we're not interested. We don't need you. You're the problem. Yeah. 
Last night even, there's some program called the National... I've never heard of it, but anyways. There's some program on some broad... They're texting me like crazy. I don't know where they got their phone number. So all this week, hey, we're your friend. I know what they are. Last night I got a message. What is your statement on the Terry Fox controversy? Wow. What controversy? Somebody put on a piece of paper on the Terry Fox statue that says, Mandate Freedom! That's not a controversy! And by the way, to the, uh, the fake news media, do you really think Terry Fox would be against the basic freedoms that allowed him to run across our great country, which we can't do now? And it's all of you who coalesced behind the truckers, behind the greatest, the greatest, this is the greatest generation, or will be, of people who brought the country together. It's all of you that we thank for coming on board and helping us get this message to the world. Thank you. Thank you. I want to talk about this amazing woman right here. She's going to cry. I met this woman several years ago when I took a trip to Alberta with Tom Quiggan, who is over there. Hey, Tom. And I saw what the policies of division has done to Alberta and the Prairie Provinces. It's like a third world country in many cities that you got to go there. You have to see what these people have done to Western Canada. And Ontario needs to step up. Quebec needs to step up. The Maritimes needs to step up and start to support the Prairie Provinces in unity against these people who are trying to divide us. And this is the woman who is leading the fight. She's one of those people, when you get to meet her, she has this magnetic energy about her. It's all positivity. It's all love. It's all compassion. That's why this has not been a violent or in any way controversial gathering. It's the biggest block party in Canada's history and a dancing clown of a Prime Minister is not invited. So when leaders around the world ask, how did you put together such a peaceful gathering in Ontario, which is only starting today, by the way. They think we're going to be out of here in a couple of days? No, 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 no. This is just starting. But the, but the reason it's so peaceful is because of the Canadian spirit and because of this woman's spirit and positive energy that's been guiding all of us. Thank you, Tony. That's all I want to say for now. We're going to be, be having a, a, a news conference later on. Um, I want to hand it over to Tamara, say a couple of words. She's uh, 
She needs some encouragement. She needs a great big applause for her. And thank you, thank her for everything that has happened this week. I'm so glad to see all of you out here. Um, I've been doing a lot of lives. I don't know if I have any more tears left to cry, but I think you've all seen me cry just about every day for the last two weeks. <laughs> and that's okay. I've said many times that we have to come together now and we're gonna have to heal after all this is over. But to see all of you here as one refusing to be divided by race or culture or faith or beliefs anymore or geography, right? We are all Canadian citizens and I have never been more proud to be a Canadian than I am right now. The one thing that we've seen on our social media and talking to people all along the way, the crowds we've seen were amazing. And what this movement has started and created is hope. Hope that so many people have lost. Yeah. So many people that we're not proud to be a Canadian anymore. But we deserve to be proud. And I said yesterday, if you have your flag turned upside down, please put it back right side up. Yeah. And be proud to be a Canadian. what you've done and be proud of these guys. I am not a hero. These are the heroes. These are the people that stood up, your blue collar men and women who bring your products and bring your food and bring your medical supplies. Right? These are the heroes. I'm just here to support them and help them. And you guys are so beautiful. Thank you all for coming and thank you so much for all the support that you've shown us this whole time. It's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. To the clan mothers who came, it's important for us all to work together because we still have a lot of work to do and we still have a lot of healing to do. And we're gonna do it because we are not leaving until all of you and all of your kids are free. We're not leaving until you can hug your best friend. We're not leaving until you can go and see your parents in a long-term care facility. And for your children to have a birthday party. This ends now. And we're going to do it peacefully. And we're going to do it with compassion. And we're going to get through this together, everybody. So I implore you to love one another. Stretch your hands out to one another and help each other. Because we've all lost so much. But no more. Hold your heads up high, Canada. We love you. Thank you.
like to say a few words here too before we go. Thank you so much. Marcy Cole, thank you. Now that we are here, we have taken that first step. So what do we do? We start taking that second step.
Creator to help us with the next step. There are solutions. Our grandparents taught us that. So let's unite under this common purpose and take it down in a peaceful way and use their system. Thank you. The last thing we want to talk about is getting the word out. I think Hashtag Trudeau's truck stop has a good sound to it, right? We're in here for the long haul. This is not ending tonight or anytime soon. Use your devices over the next while, tomorrow, the next day. We need to keep this going. Freedom Convoy Canada, hashtag Trudeau's truck stop. Let's get that trending as soon as we can. Thank you, everybody. everybody and you guys have been so amazing so peaceful so beautiful completely blowing the mainstream's narrative yeah! Yeah! Yeah, they are calling us racists they're calling us misogynists we are the fringe minority with unacceptable views so I have a trucker from the Eastern Division and I'm bringing him up ahead of the VIPs and the fancy fences because if it weren't for him, none of this would happen. Please welcome Trucker from the Eastern Division with the cowboy hats. Show him some love. What a journey. A journey with tears. It was an honor to lead the East Coast to Ottawa. United, in unity, we stand. The truckers who deliver everything to your households have united with the people. The people are standing with the truckers, not only in Canada, also in alliance with the US. In Europe, in Asia, look around the world, all the brave hearts. That's what we call them today, the brave hearts. The brave heart truckers. And we, the people, and the truckers, won't let you down. We're making history, history like the world never has seen before. Politicians, they can speak the language, they can take the battles. At the end of the day, the people, they are the ones to decide. I had the honor, the honor, to be given a letter when I left Enfield. I don't know the woman. She put a bag 
in my trunk. I didn't open the bag until the first night about three o'clock in the morning. And I'm gonna read you that letter. To you first thing, thank you. That's a thank you to the truckers, to the Bravehearts. You don't know, you don't know me, but we want you to know we are so proud to be part of this moment in time when Canadians stood up and wiped off our snow-covered boots and took a stand for freedom. Our children deserve a world where there is no division, darkness and borders. One where we are all free, where we can laugh, the big laugh heart, life and share moments together without fear and control. As you understand, as you stand on guard for thee, Now we are standing with you. Thank you for all you're doing and for leading the charge. Our prayers are with you and thoughts it all. If the dark moments creep in the Remember This Self-Care Kit we have attached, which I will honor, the dark nights of the soul have been sought and the moments when we have felt the most hopeless. We need to be reminded we are not alone and light and the energy wins. Bless all you truckers, the Bravehearts, from our home in Nova Scotia, Canada, the land, the land and country of the free. Safe travels, safe travels. And these are the brave hearts for the people. I heard earlier that this is Trudeau's truck stop. No, it's the brave hearts truck stop. That's what it is. Thank you. God bless you. We are all with you. We won't let you down. And we know. You don't let us down. No. Welcome in. Thank you. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, Eastern Division. Thank you, truckers. Oh, are we an excited bunch today. I have some fancy doctors, but do you guys feel like doing a round? We're going to do many rounds of this. We ready for a round of O Canada, guys? All right. Oh, Canada. Our home and native land, true patriot love, with all our sons command, with glowing hearts we see the rise, the true north strong and free. Oh. 
from far and wide. Oh, Canada, we stand on God for thee. God, keep our land.
different organization is called Taking Back Our Freedom. Jason Kenney did last fall with these illegal mandates. We said it's time to step up. And when I was driving in here last night with one of my dear friends, Dr. Paul Alexander, who's on our board, he used to work for the Trump White House. He's a man of character. He's a man of courage. And he's a man of conviction. And I said the last time I was in Ottawa was in June 30th, 1991. Because down the street here, I was national director of an organization called Victims of Violence. And I worked with families of homicide. 30 years later, I'm coming back here. Only this time, the criminals are not Clifford Olson. The criminals are the 10 premiers in our country. And this prime minister. And they need to be held criminally responsible. And to all the union bosses, to all the union bosses in Canada, you're siding with the globalists. Let's boycott the union bosses. Let's boycott the mainstream media. And let's support our truckers. God bless our truckers. messages from you. This is not about statistics. This is about real lives. And in this country, everyone here has someone who loves them. And I have a message. When I used to work down in the Burnside building with families of homicide, I worked for three years getting Charles Ney extradited to California. Now I'm going to work on your behalf to have these guys criminally charged for the murders and for the crimes against humanity. And I come here today with a message from two families in Canada, and they gave me permission to share their stories. These are not statistics. These are victims of criminal actions by Justin Trudeau and 10 premiers in this country. The first message is the story of my friend from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Her name is Cheryl Moberly. She's a friend of mine. And Cheryl Moberly has a 39-year-old daughter. And on the 12th of October, last fall, her daughter has four children to feed and support as a single mom. And she, and the only way she could keep her job was to take the jab. She took the jab on the 12th of October. And on the 17th of October, her mom, Cheryl, had to fight for two and a half hours to get in the hospital to see her daughter because Cheryl's not vaxxed and she refused to wear a mask. After two and a half hours, to get in to see her daughter, Jolene. 
she got up to ICU and she said to the doctors, she saw her daughter through the glass, why is, do you have towels around my, my daughter's wrists tying her to the bed rails? And the doctor said, you shouldn't even be up here. You're not vaxxed. You're not wearing a mask. And she said something I won't repeat, but God bless her for saying it. She fought her way in to see her doctor, her daughter. And her daughter said, Mommy. And she gently took the mask off her daughter. And her daughter was sweating. She gently untied her hands. And two hours and 15 minutes later, she was she died. That's murder! These people, they need to be held accountable. We need to follow the due process. The last story I have to you, I spoke to this man 20 years ago. I'm taking my hat off to honor all truckers in North America. Your heroes, you're changing history. We salute you truckers. We salute you truckers from Vancouver to Newfoundland, from San Diego to Miami. We, we salute you. I spoke to a trucker 45 minutes ago. He's from Barrie, Ontario. And my trucker friend from Barrie, Ontario, his name, I just spoke to him 45 minutes ago. He's a friend of mine. I honor Dan Hartman, trucker in Canada today. Dan Hartman has one son. 17-year-old young hockey player. In order for him to play hockey last fall, he had to take the killer jab. And Sean Hartman, on the 25th of August, last summer, against his will, that 17-year-old boy took the jab and didn't tell his dad. As a parent, we can all relate to this. And when we have criminal convictions, we need to follow peaceful demonstration, due course of law, let the system take its course, but we're going to stand with Dan Hartman, trucker, and here's why. Because on the 27th day of September, just a month afterwards, Dan Hartman lost his only son to the vaccine. We need to stop this. We need to stand for the truckers. And the last thing I want to say, I said to Dan, tomorrow, Sean, it's his birthday. Tomorrow is Sean's 18th birthday. So we got a trucker in this, in this, in this country who's not going to be able to celebrate Sean's 18th birthday. And he said, you guys can sing Happy birthday to Sean in his memory. To honor our trucker friend Dan Hartman, join me in singing a farewell happy birthday to Sean Hartman. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sean. We started taking back our freedom to finish a job I started in 86. I worked as national director of victims of violence with Gary and Sharon Rosenfeld. 
working with families who were murdered, loved ones were murdered, and now we're going to finish the job. We did it peacefully then, we're going to do it peacefully now. We followed due course then, we're going to follow due course now. But I salute the police officers. I salute my friend Brian Dennison, who's on our board. His video went two million strong. He's a courageous police officer, standing for every police officer in the country. I salute Brian Dennison. I salute the doctors. I salute Brian Petford as our chairman of the board. And I salute these doctors. The doctor I want to introduce, I just want to introduce Here's a hero in this country for police officers. This man stands for every police officer in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Our board of advisors for taking back our freedom. My friend, give a warm Ottawa welcome for Brian Tennyson. came to see today. Long live Canada! Look, I'm in the company of Dr. Roger Hawkinson from Alberta, one of the globe's top, top pathologists. I want to be brief and I want to be clear. We've looked at the science for 22 months now and we have told the government of Canada, the government of the United States, UK, Scotland, every nation in this world, you do not lock your society down. You should have never closed schools. We had reports in the administration of seven and eight year old American children hung themselves. They could not take the school closures and the lockdowns. And we begged them, 
Trump fought them. He fought them daily. He fought them every day to open the schools. But the CDC and the unions are an unholy corrupted alliance. Never, ever, ever do we give these people the emergency powers we gave them again. Right, that's right. When a government takes emergency powers, they will never, ever give it back to you. Ever. You have to take it back peacefully and legally. When you give them those powers, they will maximally abuse it. They will abuse you. You can never get out of this tyrannical system by compliance. We need to take it back peacefully. And I want to say this about the mandates. We've looked at the data. There's no difference scientifically. When we look at the actual data, we've published 42 studies to show that there's no difference between a vaccinated and an unvaccinated person. In fact, in fact the science is very, very clear. And the, and the public health officials in Canada are not in line. They are not contemporary with the science. The science shows that the vaccinated actually harbors far much more viral load and the vaccinated person transmits virus. It is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It never has been. Yeah. And let me close with this. We looked at the data 22 months now and we told them, children are at statistical zero risk of acquiring this infection in the first place. Children are at statistical zero risk of transmitting it to children, of taking it home, or of getting severely ill. We showed them in the United States of America, and I'm gonna be very, very clear with this, not one healthy child has died of COVID. It's a very important statement. Not one healthy child has died of COVID. This, this was a hoax, the response, not the virus was a hoax. This virus presented serious problems for at-risk vulnerable people. We knew that, but we knew, we knew that we had early treatment. We could have properly secured the vulnerable in our society with an age-risk stratified approach, focused protection. We did not need to lock the society down. We did not need to close schools. We didn't need to do none of this. We told them 22 months. So we looked at the data and every single lockdown across the entire world has failed. Every single school closure has failed. Every mass mandate has failed. We have clear data to show this. They have all failed. The Canadian public health officials, the American public health officials, they have catastrophically failed. And it is time, it is time to declare the pandemic emergency over. Yes. The Omicron variant is the mildest of the variants and is operating how a virus should operate. It is time now. The government of Canada should take this exit strategy. This is an off-ramp the government of Canada should take. It's a gift. Open the society, end the mandates, there's no reason for this anymore. 
and allow the truckers their freedom yeah. and the mandates. Thank yeah. you. And let me introduce now one of my very good friends from Alberta, Dr. Roger Hawkinson. I cannot even walk in his shadows, so I want him to come here. I want to team him up. He's one of the best people in this world. Over to Dr. Hawkinson. movement 
led by Brian Peckford. And if there's going to be any federal response to this, it's going to be Max Bernier, who's from the PPC, and he's here now. Thank you, Max, and thank you all for coming, and thank you, Chuckers of Canada! Dr. Hodgkinson and Dr. Paul Alexander and George Bears from Taking Back Our Freedoms. Thank you. Look at all you people. We are holding the line. Holding the line. We're holding the line. We're holding the line. Up next. Up next. Well, I think it's a good time to call up the Max. I think it is time to call up. Mr. Bernier, Maxime, Tetino, Maxime, Tasker, on vous aime. Ah ouais, Maxime, il arrive. Oui, il arrive. Nothing can stop what's coming, Canada. Look at Canada the brave. An inspiration to the world. They're like, what? What did Canada just do? What just happened in sleepy Canada? We held the line, Canada the Brave, you brave soldiers. All right, do we have Mr. Bernier? Is he getting through autographs and selfies? All right. It's a little congested here, guys. The best stage in the world. We'd like to thank the owner of this crane truck. Anytime you need a crane, this is the guy. We'll be, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Maxime, merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup, Maxime Bernier. Hello, everybody. You know, we need to thank our truckers because they're the one. They're the one who gave, gave us hope. They are giving up hope that all this tyranny will end. That will be the Canada Day. It is the Canada Day. It is our day today. We celebrate our freedoms. I just want, I just want to briefly discuss two ideas today. Freedom and tenacity. I'm here today like you because we know that our freedoms are under attack. Yes, under attack by these establishment politicians. And we are saying enough is enough because, because only, only in a free society is there human dignity, equality of rights, and economic prosperity. So we need to regain our freedom as soon as possible. And now, as you know, I was last summer in Manitoba, and I was arrested and cuffed and put in jail 
for fighting against this tyranny. I can tell you today that I'm ready to go back to jail to fight for freedoms. Because, because what makes Canada, what makes our country a great country and a great place to live is that for a century and a half, that country has been the freest countries in the world. And now that's not the case anymore. That's why, that's why I'm mad today and you can call me Mad Max. I'm very mad because I don't recognize our country anymore. J'aimerais dire à nos concitoyens de partout du Canada et du Québec, lâchez pas et remerciez les camionneurs du Québec et du Canada qui ont donné l'exemple et qui nous ont donné du courage, le courage de se battre pour nos libertés. Merci, merci. And now, I just want, I just want to end by a quote from a great Prime Minister, John D. Van Baker. John D. Van Baker said, I'm a Canadian, a free Canadian free to speak without fear, free to worship God in my own way, free to stand for what I think right, free to oppose, free to oppose what I believe wrong, free to choose who govern my country, this heritage of freedom, I pledge upon for myself and all mankind. So that battle of freedom is an historical one. And like John F. Kennedy once said, in the long history of the world, only few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its maximum hour of danger. You are that generation. This is your role and now is the time.
no freedom fighters that was with us since the beginning. My friend, Randy Lure.
however long that distance is. We're going to fight, and we won't get knocked out, and we'll be bringing freedom home to our families, to our children, to our churches, to our workplaces, and everybody will see the smiling faces of free Canadians. Keep working, put it home, let's not get knocked out, let's keep fighting, don't give up. Thank you. It's Kerry from the Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. Just giving a shout out, hello. Um, so Chris, Chris and Jess and I got split up, and um, but before we got split up, I just want to kind of talk about a little bit of uh, what what the community has been like here in, in Ottawa, and uh, and and how amazing people have been out here. Again, we uh, we ran into some uh, some technical troubles, mechanical troubles with the uh, the truck that didn't start on uh, yesterday. It was only yesterday uh, in Pembroke, and uh, we ended up having um, uh, some mechanics come out and help us start the truck. Last night, we abandoned the truck, parked somewhere between Albert and Lyon, that sort of thing. That's actually where I am right now. And we came out here this morning after the speeches, 
and tried to fire up the truck again, and again, it wouldn't start. And it didn't take much. There's trucks around us, as you well know, and we just had to go and ask for a Tiger Torch, and we asked for people that could uh, stop and, and help us. And immediately, there was a crowd of people around us asking us, what do we need? What, what can we get you? Can we get you food? Can we get you anything? We will get this thing started. And uh, within half an hour, we finally got started again. And uh, so I'm sitting in here because, again, it was freaking cold out here in, in Ottawa. And, and what, what, it was just amazing to have so many people that were able to talk to us and have the same viewpoints and, and were able to help us in distress starting the truck again. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody that came out and helped us. Honestly, it happened so fast, I didn't get names or anything like that. But if you were involved in helping us get started back up again, please DM us because I want your contact information because I want to meet you guys again, whether or not you come out to the whistle stop or we drive out to see you. I know there were a couple of people that were in, um, I think it was Cambridge or, or some other town outside of Ottawa and they actually came in. I am, I am just, I, 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 I actually tear up when I think of how amazing this experience has been over the last five or six, six days. And, and I want to say thank you so much for Chris and Jess for even inviting me and, and having me be a part of this. I wasn't going to. I, I, I'm the first one to say, oh, you know what, I, I can't do it. I've got all these responsibilities and I've got to be able to do stuff. But when you're out here and you actually see how amazing this is, I'm going to just turn the camera around for just a quick second. talk to just and see where they are I think they're back at the hotel but uh, just a sense of community and a sense of amazing feelings and awe and so much love and I'm sending the love back out to you guys out there in Whistlestop land because this is absolutely amazing out here in Ottawa with everybody out here and it is freakishly cold out there but you guys all having a wonderful day and uh, 
We will talk to you in a couple hours. Thank you so much. Love you all. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's Kerry from uh, Little Stop Cafe, Mir, Alberta, back in Ottawa. And I uh, wanted to show you. So there's a lot of trucks and a lot of vehicles in and around Parliament. But I am now right by the Rideau Canal. And if you haven't seen the Rideau Canal before, it, it is a canal. It goes right from, uh, I believe, the St. Lawrence into the, what is that, Lake Ontario? Something like that. And uh, so there's all these vehicles here too. These are all part of the convoy. And they're, they just haven't made it to Parliament Hill. And I think this is important to show too, where people are parking and how they're parking and what they're doing. And uh, so this is the canal. We were talking about that earlier. And they shut down the canal in the winter. And he rents skates. And maybe uh, Chris, Jess, and I will rent skates later and go for a, go for a boot. This is awesome. And uh, I know for a fact they've got a couple of uh, food trucks and uh, uh, places to get like beaver tails and hot dogs. And so I'm, I'm gonna play the role of a bit of a tourist here, if you don't mind, just to kind of show you that uh, Ottawa is a beautiful city. The National Arts Center is right over there and Parliament Hill. This is uh, Shaw Center. And yeah, I'm looking right down on uh, the Rio Canal. So just a quick short video. Just wanted to show you guys that uh, love and compassion in this crazy world and people are still able to skate and, uh, and have some fun. So I'm gonna continue on walking to the hotel, which I think is still about another kilometer away. Be what is beaver tail? You don't know what a beaver tail? It's uh, it's like a really flat donut, and they uh, you can put stuff on it. They put uh, uh, Nutella or they put um, uh, cinnamon sugar. It's uh, it's actually really good, and I think that's something we should do. Um, yeah, I can see beaver tails becoming a staple on the menu. Oh yes. We are definitely going to do that, or some version of, and uh, maybe we'll call them like Freedom Tales or something. Okay, I just made that up. So, anyways, you guys have a wonderful afternoon, and we'll be back a little bit later. Good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. Uh, I'm also the chairman of the board of an organization called WSFullSteamAhead.org. Um, I'm here in Ottawa, fresh out of Facebook jail, also, and uh, I'm here with uh, MLA Todd Lowen. So Todd made the journey out to Ottawa um, to talk to some people and check out what was going on with this truckers convoy, and good on him for doing that. There are a few of our elected representatives that have been in the mix and kind of um, mingling with the crowds and asking questions and, and trying to trying to get get an idea of why people are here and why they're doing this which is great. Uh, that's something that our elected representatives are supposed to do. So thanks Todd for making the journey out here. You drove too, right? Yeah, I did drive. I, I left a little later than the convoy and I caught up the convoy probably around, uh, oh, just, just inside the border of Ontario actually. 
oh, okay. before I finally caught up. It took about 50 hours to catch up to it. Jeez, that's a lot of driving. <laughs> did we drive that long? We really did. I lost track. With with stopping and everything here and there, and yeah, a little bit of sleep here and there, a little bit. Yeah, so, <laughs> and 50 hours, I mean, there's uh, there's some people that are here today, and they drove a lot longer than that, because they came out from Vancouver Island, or from uh, the, the west coast of British Columbia, so there's people from all over Canada here, and what a sight it is. I didn't get a chance to be on the hill um, early, as early as you did, Todd, because yeah. I was stuck in traffic in a picker truck in downtown <laughs> Ottawa. Um, but what, what, what was it like there? Well, yesterday was uh, was substantially larger uh, number of people than today. Today was busy too, but uh, I, I want to say it was two, three, four, maybe even five times as many people yesterday as that were here today. Wow. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Uh, when you look at some of the pictures uh, from, from the air of the people that were there, it doesn't take into consideration how many people were stretched out down the streets. The, the one street looking, looking down Wellington, you could see almost a mile down there, and it was just packed all the way down. And that's that's away from where the main core, where the people were, right at the right in front of the apartment building. That's amazing. So, yeah. lots of support. Absolutely, absolutely, lots. Yes. Yeah. And 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 these are people that came from all over Canada to support truckers who were standing up. Or in the first place, they were standing up for themselves, and that changed very quickly to standing up for everybody because. You know, this, this group has realized that this isn't about just stopping vaccine mandates for truckers at the border. Um, we need to end all of the mandates because this is affecting every single person in Canada. Uh, some of them, they don't even know it. And the ones that don't realize how they're being affected, in my opinion, are the ones who are really against this convoy. And they're pushing for continuing restrictions and they're, you know, they're phoning on their neighbors and they're, they're giving others a hard time because of their choices. Uh, those people have been affected too because they've been put in a position where maybe three years ago they would have never treated people like that. But they've been told over the last couple of years that you know that's what they have to do because this class of people are they're dirty or they're you know they're 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 what was the phrase that Trudeau said? Their opinions are unacceptable. Unacceptable, unacceptable. unacceptable views. Exactly. And that is the most unCanadian thing that I've ever heard. Yeah. The whole point of Canada is that all of our views they might be different, but they're, they we should accept. Yeah. To at least accept to disagree. Yeah, exactly. Accept other people's views. You don't have to agree with them, but you at least you, you can't uh, take them away. And I think the, what he said there was was probably the most intolerant thing that I've ever heard a politician say that people's views were unacceptable. And uh, who who gets to decide that? Yeah. I, I don't think the prime minister gets to decide that. And, and as I as I heard him say that, I thought to myself. If this was a conservative politician saying those things, they would have been completely eviscerated. Yes, yeah, the media would have been all over that. But for some reason, the media's, the mainstream media was fairly silent. And I'm not even going to say for some reason. It's because they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. And the Canadian Media Fund is a uh, never-ending trough of money for the media. So you put two and two together. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so now that we have all this excitement, and this is why I wanted to talk to you, because uh, Todd, he is the voice of his constituency. So Todd's constituency, they have concerns, they have opinions, and they want expressed. And Todd is the man who goes into the legislature and he speaks on behalf of his constituents. So how, how many people do you speak on behalf of? How many people in your constituency? There's about 40,000, I think, in the constituency. So it's and it's... Uh, and Central Peace Novel. Central Peace Novel, yeah. yeah. Okay, so when you go into the legislature, you're not speaking as Todd Lowen, you're speaking as 
Yeah, a group of 40,000 people. Exactly. It, it, I guess it's my job to, to understand where my constituents are, you know, the majority of them. Of course, there's, there's diverse opinions across the constituency. Not everybody agrees with everything, but, uh, but I have to be able to get a bit of a handle on what they're thinking so that I can bring that to the legislature and represent them properly. And that's going to be a tough job because, uh, you know, the, the, the majority, their opinions and path they want to take may not always be the right thing. So that's a, it's a tough balance, right? Like there's yeah. an ethical and moral balance. And uh, like, and for example, if the majority of people said, oh, well, we're not going to let this group of people live in our town. Well, that's yeah. not an ethical or moral thing. So regardless of whether the majority want that, you have to, you know, stand yeah. firm in the law, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and I think a lot of it is, is making sure people understand the, the ramifications of what they want. And uh, in a situation like what you said, you know, I think once a person explained it clearly to them, they would understand, okay, no, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's part of the job, too. It isn't necessarily to convince people they're wrong, but make people understand uh, different points of view and, and make sure that we're on the right track for, for the good of everybody. So uh, communication is key. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Information, if you want to make an informed decision, you need information, and, and that's part of my job, too, is to make sure that information is there. Mm -hmm. So looking at what's going on in Ottawa right now, and actually, this isn't just Ottawa. As far as we saw, this was like every city, every town, every yeah. municipality, people have been taking it to the streets and saying enough is enough. We want to be done with these methods. Yeah. Um, we've had enough. And it's not just vaccinated folks. It's not just one group of folks. This is people from the entire spectrum. Yeah. Um, they, they are all saying, I, I, they're not all saying, but there are a good deal of people saying enough is enough. Yeah. So <clears throat> that, that brings up another point. There's a lot of people asking, what do you want to accomplish with this convoy? Now, keeping in mind that I didn't organize this, I'm just supporting it, and I, and I, I did the work and I drove a big rig out to support. Um, but I still get asked that question. What, what's the end goal here, and how is this gonna make any change? There's some groups out there that seem to think they're gonna hand some magical piece of paper to the governor general, and they're gonna dissolve the government and replace the government, and before I tell my opinion on that, I want to ask you, as a member of the Legislative Assembly, what, what's your your opinion of that idea? Yeah, I think those ideas, uh, I mean, everybody can read uh, different documents differently and understand them differently, but obviously things like that have, uh, have never happened in the past, and, uh, and there really is no real legal mechanism for that to happen. So I think the, only, the, the best we can do is, is be able to influence the government and, uh, and try to get the decisions you know that they make uh, represent the people. Probably my biggest frustration is with is the mandates, of course, and and how they affect people's lives and livelihoods and their jobs and careers. And it's just so sad to hear of uh, you know people losing their jobs. I know that just walking down the street here today, I seen uh, somebody had just written on the side of the car, "I'm a nurse and I lost my job because mm -hmm. of the vaccine mandates." And when you see stuff like that, you know, you know, a nurse has put that time into her career and education. And everything and obviously been doing good work all through the pandemic and now she's lost her job because of the mandates and i think that's just uh, that's uh, that's unacceptable that, that's not what we're here to do as far as uh, living in a free country we shouldn't have to worry about our livelihoods because of a, a medical decision yeah it's 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 unacceptable it's uh <coughs> it's counterproductive as yeah. well yeah like we're not we but <coughs> they are firing the people that have uh, helped us through this whole thing so that's that's kind of where I'm at is I've I've looked at this as the perfect opportunity 
for those people who are elected to represent us to speak our voices either in Parliament or in our legislature this is the perfect opportunity for men like you and and, uh, and, and others to go in there and say listen um, the country is it's on fire right now people are taking this to the streets the, the optics of this is that you know people want this to end hell they raised nine million dollars something like that almost almost so nine million dollars yeah that speaks volumes <laughs> that's more than any political party can raise it is more than <laughs> any political party so yeah. this is not a political thing this is a this is a true grassroots movement that built up so big that i don't think any elected representative could ignore it now i, I do think a politician could ignore <laughs> it but not an elected representative yeah that's right and it, I, I think it's uh, the it's a great risk in, in them ignoring it. Uh, you know, when we look at what we've seen driving up here with the support of the people coming out onto the streets and, and you know, bringing food for the truckers and windshield washer fluid and, and uh, the people on the, and the overpasses uh, waving flags and everything, this, this, is a, this is a great movement. And to disrespect that many people, you, you can't tell me that, that, that all these people that were there that, and by the tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands along the route mm -hmm. that were supporting this convoy and supporting the, you know, the, the point of the con convoy. It's, it's, it's amazing that a politician, that should, what they should be doing is they should be embracing this and, and uh, to bring Canada together and bring unity together. Instead, uh, they seem to want to disparage it and, uh, and name call and, and actually lie about the people that uh, that are involved. Because yeah. I, I met those people. I stopped on uh, along the on the way and talked to a lot of those people. Just local, good, hardworking people. They're not. Uh, there's nothing. They're just average Canadians, just out there doing their thing. And uh, for for politicians to disparage those people, I think is uh, is reprehensible. It is. Yeah. And and these those those people can I say these people? Those sure, people? you can. Oh, you can, but yeah. the prime minister can. Oh right. <laughs> so th those people who have showed support by standing out, it was minus twenty seven coming mm -hmm. through most of Saskatchewan and Manitoba. It was cold. Yeah. The wind was blowing because the yeah. wind always blows in the bald ass prairie. It just doesn't stop. Yeah. And they were out there with their families around bonfires. They had homemade signs. They were, you know, snacks like you say. They were super supportive. They're actually looking at these truckers like they are heroes that are going to save them from a tyrannical government. Yeah. And and what message would that give Canadians if their elected representatives ignored that? Yeah. It, like I say, the support was just was so great all the way through. It's it was unbelievable. It's actually you know it was touching. I mean, I remember going underneath an underpass and I almost uh, almost cried going underneath that underpass, watching all the people up there waving flags and. And it was, uh, you know, real, a real inspirational moment. And I, th I think, uh, again, politicians, elected representatives, they should be embracing this. They should be uh, taking this and, and building on it rather mm -hmm. than trying to tear it down. And, and it's unfortunate to see the media taking the actions of just a few people, up to hundreds of thousands and maybe millions of people that have been involved in this movement, and, and using that to disparage all of them. And, uh, and I think that's, that, that, again, is, is unacceptable. and. Uh, I just can't believe that it's happening. To watch what we've seen there in these rallies and along the route, and uh, and to think the media—the only thing they got out of it was the actions of a handful of people, but they and they just keep playing it over and over again. I, I, I find that just horrible. Yeah, no kidding. And on on the you know going under overpasses and seeing the support and crying, 
you know, Terry cried like eight times. That's he true. Was, he it's was very sobbing, true. He was yeah. sobbing like a baby. <laughs> but it is, it is, it's extremely heartwarming. Um, I, I've never seen anything like this in Canada. No, I haven't either. And I've often commented on this. People, people ask me, well, there was, you know, 20,000 or 200,000 people in the streets in this other country. Why are they, why are they speaking out against this and standing up? And Canada doesn't. And my answer was, well, I think it's because Canada hasn't ever really suffered or been oppressed to the point where they know they need to take it to the streets. And now, um, so many people, they've had, a lot of people, have had this feeling that something's wrong, but they haven't stood up because it didn't affect them yet. Yeah. And now this is affecting more people. And even the people who who uh, wouldn't normally get involved in something like this, they would stay at home in, their, in comfort. They have watched people like uh, Chris. Uh, Chris is, he can continue working because he meets the mandate rules, but he stood up for other people, yeah. even though it hadn't affected him yet. Because, and actually that's not true. The way it affected him was by watching what was happening to his friends and family, yeah. and even complete strangers. Mm -hmm. That affected him to the point where he said, enough is enough, we gotta stop this, we gotta stand up and end it. So that's, that's what this is all about, people who, aren't affected in their normal lives, but they're affected here, watching what's happening to their, their neighbors. So yeah. I, I really hope that, uh, I, I do have some meetings with MPs, believe it or not, which is kind of cool. I'm, I'm excited to meet them. And my message is I want to really encourage any elected representative to, if you've had that feeling that something's wrong, but you can't do anything about it, because if you stand up, your party leader's going to, hammer you or the party whip is going to give you a hard time or whatever, now is the time to act on that feeling that something's yeah. wrong. Because you have the support of easily millions of Canadians. Yeah. And they're going to they're going to stand behind you. When you, if you go into, uh, if you go into Parliament this week and um, you speak up on behalf of your constituents, they're going to appreciate it. Yeah. And if you don't, they're they're going to recognize that too. They're going to notice. They're they're going to notice. So, I I would suggest you know start listening to the stories. Come down here and talk to people. There's not enough politicians down here. Not enough no. MPs have have come and seen what's going on. Yeah. And the ones that have, I think one went to the Edmonton convoy and the media blasted them for it. Yeah. Like they actually demanded an or the the party or something demanded an apology. For him going down there and speaking to people, but that's their job. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we got to get away from that, being fearful of the media or fearful of a party leader, and we have to start acting in the interests of those around us. Yeah. So you, you, you point out the, the rallies across the country, and uh, um, Grand Prairie had a rally too, and they said there I think there was a thousand and eighty trucks Jeez. in the Grand Prairie rally. Wow. Just unbelievable amount of support there, and uh, I know in Edmonton, my understanding on the legislature grounds, I think the media is reporting like 2,000 people. Well, I, I think the sergeant at arms uh, said that there was 10,000 people, and that's somebody that would know how many people were there. So it'd be like, nice to have those facts out there. These rallies are big; they're across the country and actually around the world, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the time to make a difference. We need to. People are, are speaking out, and they need to be listened to. This is the time. Yeah, this has gone global, and the entire world is watching Canada. 
I said in the past, you know, the world is watching Alberta because we were really, there was a lot of turmoil, there was a lot of things going on, and the world was watching. But now the world is watching Canada to see, our, is our government going to recognize that millions of Canadians are standing up against this and, and release the stranglehold they have on the country? Because that, that's the other thing is, we've, not we, they have caused a lot of division and harm in our society. And that's not going to even begin to heal until we get rid of all these mandates and we put everybody back on a level playing field, which is where we belong in Canada. Absolutely. There's no reason for people to be losing their careers, their jobs, their homes, their businesses because of this. These mandates are, are unacceptable and uh, we need to get everybody back on the same track. It's, it's pitting people against each other and, and that's, that's not the Canadian way. It isn't. And throughout this whole thing, um, I've done my best to talk to people that have been speaking out against the mandates. Uh, uh, Dr. Roger Hodgkinson, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Dan Magacy, like the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, so it's not just the people speaking. I mean, there are, and even Paul Alexander today. Yep. I mean, Paul Alexander was the advisor to the White House for this kind of thing. Yep. So this man knows what he's talking about. And if, if you're in a position of authority um, and you have constituents who you're speaking for, you can use that information um, to push for releasing these mandates. Like, it, it, So it's not just average people that are speaking up against this. This is like world-renowned doctors and scientists saying, this is wrong. Yeah. And we keep hearing from the government, well, our experts and our doctors tell us. And, I, and I, my answer to that is, well, that's all fine and dandy, but why are you ignoring the other ones who are saying what, what was wrong? Like, who, who decides which group they're going to listen to? Because it, it really is a life or death choice. And, and these mandates are about punishing people. That's, that's what they're about. They're not about encouraging people or, or working with people. They're about, it's about punishing people. And, and that's punishing people by threatening their livelihoods is, mm -hmm. is, is not acceptable. It's completely wrong. And, and the uh, Chief Medical Officer of Health of British Columbia let the cat out of the bag. Uh, her office basically said this vaccine passport thing is not about it's not about health, it's about making people's lives inconvenient to the point where they're, they go and get this vaccine that they don't want yeah. so that they can have a convenient life again. And that is not the way our government is supposed to work. Yeah, that's not science. <laughs> it's, it's not science and it's not, it's not ethical, it's not constitutional. And it doesn't fall within the scope of what a, a free country means, in my humble opinion. But what do I know on this? That's a restaurant. You're, you're right on. So what would you suggest uh, if, if you had a message to the other representatives out there, what, what would be your words of encouragement or wisdom or warnings or anything you'd like to say? You know, I, I think, uh, I, again, we, when we look at this movement, uh, politicians should be embracing it. They, they should be embracing it. I think that's what Canada needs right now is, uh, is that kind of movement to bring people together and, uh, you know, Take away this division that's been that, that politicians have encouraged, and, and actually, <laughs> by policy, have created, and that, that's what needs to be done. They need to embrace it. And again, I've I've uh, I've been speaking out for quite a while, and the support has been amazing. I think the, this is what the people want. There's many politicians that are so far off track with what their constituents want them to say and do uh, that it's uh, that it's alarming that they that they would uh, veer that far off what their constituents want and desire. 
It's not a good career move. No, no. And, and I've been, uh, you know, my my position all along. Of course, I don't have 100% uh, support, but then you never do in politics. But I do have uh, very, very good support uh, within the constituency and, and even across Alberta. And uh, I'm not saying that in a boastful way, but um, but I have been able to, to, I think, keep on the right side of this. Mm -hmm. And any anybody who is supportive of freedom and the right to choose and, and those types of things, no matter what the media is telling you or the Prime Minister, you are on the right side when it comes to that because it doesn't matter what the issue is, um, those things are paramount in our country. And if they're not, then it's not the country that we think it is. Because freedom isn't a free country. Um, if your government, if you're only free when your government allows you to be free or tells you you can be free, that's not free. That's the illusion of freedom. So I would ask anybody who's still on the fence about this, regardless of what your stance is on vaccines or masks or any of that, um, are you willing to live under the illusion of freedom or do you want to go back to a place where we're truly free and we can live our lives without worrying about being uh, persecuted by others who disagree with us? Yeah. It's an easy choice for me, but it's not an easy choice for some. <laughs> no, that's right. And, and uh, just kind of going back to the media and how they've portrayed this, you know, I watched the news last night and had I not been there on the on the convoy, seeing the people in all those small towns just, you know, showing up in huge support, the people on the overpasses, and then being able to spend the last two days walking through the crowds here on, on Parliament Hill, I, I would have got a com completely different perception on what was going on if I'd just watched the media as opposed to being there and, and seeing it. And uh, and that's what's most disappointing is the that the, the people there are happy, they're cheerful, they're hopeful, and that's probably the biggest word right there is hope. People are feeling hope, and they're feeling pride, pride in Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, the unity, the people all across the country, and that's that's what was missed in the, in the, the news I seen last night on the mainstream media. And I was I was very disappointed in that, because uh, they, they take, they've taken just a small part of it, just a fraction, just a small handful of people, out of hundreds of thousands of people that have supported this, that lined the streets, that are walking around right now on, on Parliament Hill, and they've uh, they've tried to denigrate everything that those those thousands and hundreds of thousands of people uh, want and what they've uh, what they've shown for respect and peacefulness uh, along the way, and uh, I think that's the I guess that's one of the messages I want to make make perfectly clear. Yeah, if you want to get an idea of how many people are supportive of this, I think Amazon actually sold out of Canadian flags. Yeah, there we are. Um, they also sold out of a different flag. I don't know what it means, but it's got like F Maple Leaf CK Trudeau. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea, but there's a lot of them out there. Yes, whoever made them is making a lot of money. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And as, as much as, like I don't use that type of phrasing in my messaging. However, I do understand that people are to the point where uh, they've moved from polite stuff to, yeah. you know, the more vulgar expressions. And it's an emotional thing. Yeah. And a lot of these people, I've seen grandmas like old old grandmas walking down the road carrying flags like that and yeah. i just think yeah. that's that's where we're at yeah. Right? yeah yeah people are to a point now where they're extremely frustrated but again that that frustration and anger isn't showing in in the people at the rallies you know they might be carrying a flag like that but they're they're cheerful yeah that's their outlet that, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and uh and again it, it, it just keeps coming back to the word hope that's what people are feeling now is hope that they that they haven't had for a long time. They're literally dancing in the street out there. Yes. 
exactly. people, it's minus 20 or something today, yeah. and it's Ottawa, so it's cold. Yeah. Uh, they're dancing in the streets, even yeah. though they turned off the uh, eternal flame down there. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping I could warm up there, but apparently not. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like our, maybe the eternal flame is kind of like our government feels about our freedoms. It's just, yeah. you know, kind yeah. of intermittent. Yeah, turn it off if we want. Yes. So, but no one, and I, you, you make a good point. Um, along the way, like I, I stopped and, and met with some of the local people along the highway waiting for the convoy. And uh, some of them had waited because the convoy wasn't always on time, which is understandable. I don't think it was ever on time. Probably never yet. But they they'd waited there for three hours, and that, that that was the morning. In some places, there was minus 33, and uh, they'd waited there for three hours, uh, you know, with kids and everything, waiting for that convoy, and they didn't leave. And uh, I just stopped at a crossroads in northern Ontario, and there was 40 or 50 people there that had just gathered from the, the countryside to be mm -hmm. there. And again, waiting three hours in the cold. I remember we were tra traveling through one town and we opened a window and said, how, ask how long they've been waiting. And uh, the lady said they were waiting six hours for the convoy. Yeah, Carrie, Carrie and I talked about that. Yeah. We drove through, there was always people. And we're like, geez, we were supposed to be here like six, seven hours ago. And there's yeah. still people here. Yeah. And, and even groups of people who were historically, they're, they're apolitical. They don't get yeah. involved one way or another. They were out with their entire families, which was amazing. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. No, it's uh, very inspirational. Really very. Yeah. yeah, and if you haven't seen any uh, footage of that, please check out what the news is reporting. And then look, check out Facebook. The interesting thing with what's going on with media and social media right now is uh, people are not really going to the mainstream media to get the news anymore. I mean, they see it because it pops up in their feeds all the time. but. If they want to know what's really going on, they're going on people's Facebook lives. Yeah. Yeah. And my my face my Facebook page right now, um, I think it's sitting at almost seven million viewed minutes in the last week. We were posting content on there that was hitting a million views. I think there's one pro approaching two million views, and then it was a half a million, seven hundred thousand people are paying attention. Yeah. And I'm not saying not to be boastful. I'm just saying. That there's uh, people are starting to figure out that hey, when CTV posts a picture of the crowd <coughs> gathering at Parliament, and it was uh, maybe it was from the day before or <laughs> hours before the convoy arrived, and there's still a lot of people, but nothing compared to what was there. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're getting it. The, the media isn't telling us. Yeah. Uh, they're not. They're not reporting accurately, and uh, people have had enough of that as well. Yeah, one of the towns I, I see the CTV uh, news reporter and cameraman you know, coming off the street from where all the people were and everything. So I know they've seen it. Mm -hmm. I, I know it's there because I've I seen them coming off there. They had to have been just recording that, the convoy coming through. And uh, wh whether it showed up, I'm not sure, but uh, it seems like there's a lot of things missing in, in what's being reported. Yeah. So the question there is, why the big effort to hide the magnitude of this movement? Um, this should be something that the media is celebrating as well because yeah. it's big news. Yeah. It is. Big news. Yeah, it's been decades since something like this happened that united Canadians coast to coast mm -hmm. like this. It's been decades. And that's what this is all about. It's about unity and it's not about one person with a confederate flag does not speak for an entire movement. No. Nor does one potentially planted person with a swastika on a flag. Like, who yeah. does that? Yeah. Right. I've never seen either of those flags. No, I have not. time I've spent here, I haven't seen either of those flags. I don't know how the media can find them, but I, I couldn't find them. I, I, I couldn't see them. Maybe they bring them with them. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know, but uh, 
but I've never seen that. And so it's uh, it's amazing that they have glommed on to just you know just a handful of people. Yeah, and that's certainly not the tone here. There's no. the tone isn't about any kind of segregation or anything to do with race or any any of that stuff. It's about everybody, all races, creeds, colors, religions, genders, whatever. Yep. A unified voice saying enough is enough. And and that's what it feels like out there. Yeah, like exactly. a lot of these people, uh, they there I go with these people. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of the people here, they generally wouldn't hang out together. They're different groups, different uh, you know. But they're here and they're dancing together because they have yep. a, a common goal, and that's what this is about. And that's what we've been waiting for ever since. Uh, well, really, ever since I started getting in trouble for opening my restaurant, yep. we 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 thought back then last January, you know, maybe this is what people need to get behind. To yep. really push and, and take back our freedoms yep. and it kind of worked a little bit and then people got scared and they they backed down yep. we've been waiting for something to get behind that's got a, enough momentum to to take it across the finish line and tell our representatives hey listen to our voices and if they can't hear this now it is noisy out there physically oh, yeah. and emotionally yeah so i think Absolutely. i think this is it yep. but that's I guess that's pretty much all I have. Did you see anything pop up on there for questions or anything like that? Um, anything that really spoke to you? I think we pretty much covered everything we needed to. Anyway. Yeah, we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. To sum it up, um, it's loud, it's noisy. Uh, it's positive. It's positive. Yeah. To the people of Ottawa, sorry that you have to deal with the <laughs> horns all yeah. day. But uh, like I said before, a bear hug isn't always comfortable but it's done out of love and compassion so that's what this is about this big bear hug on Ottawa it's because people have love and compassion for each other and they know that sometimes you have to go through something that's a little bit uncomfortable and difficult to get uh, positive results and I'm not talking about the positive results the news is talking about constantly <laughs> so that's I guess that's all I got to say unless there's anything else Todd you know, uh, I get, one thing is I, I spent some time this evening at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, mm -hmm. and the amount of people just coming by paying their respects, this, you know, was, was incredible. And, uh, you, know, you know, again, it's the media taking just, uh, just one person, and, and uh, there, there's flowers spread out on the tomb today, one big uh, bouquet put out by one of the trucking companies. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was actually uh, kind of an emotional experience being there tonight. And, and just standing back and watching people just coming from the rally and just wandering through and stopping and, and everything, it was, uh, that was great to see. That's awesome. And I, I didn't get a chance to see that. I've been pretty busy all day. But yeah. uh, the other thing that I'd like to mention is that there are some people who don't really, it's like a, it's almost like an etiquette thing. People don't really understand that maybe putting something on a statue or, or, or being there is, is disrespectful. I don't think they're intending it as disrespectful. No. I mean, somebody put a, a, a Canadian flag on Terry Fox's statue as, yeah. a, as a cape. Yeah. And others <clears throat> took that as disrespectful because they were touching the statue or whatever. I don't really think that's, I don't think they intended that as disrespect. No. I think no. that was a, you know, hey, Terry Fox was a, he was a great man. He accomplished great things. And he, Absolutely. that man unified Canada yeah. at that time. Everybody yeah. was watching him. Everybody was rooting for him. Yeah. We all had a common goal. Yeah. And, and if he were alive right now, I think, I think, I know he would be supportive of this movement. So I, I really don't see doing that as a disrespectful thing. Um, it, 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 there's, uh, 
I guess there's defacing and then there's disrespect. And uh, defacing is, you know, painting, trying to destroy or something. I didn't see any of that uh, intent to destruct. Right. And in fact, today I went there, there's flowers there, uh, set on the, the bottom of the statue, Terry Fox, I'm very respectful. Yeah, so before you're quick to, and I'm gonna address, I think it was the mayor of uh, Ottawa, actually, who, uh, we got some porns going on over here. <laughs> Hey, that's my truck! <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's Chris Barber. Long boy going past. The window here. It's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, what I was saying is, before you're quick to judge and uh, condemn people for doing those things, maybe consider that they didn't mean that as a disrespectful thing. Um, that it's entirely possible that they did that out of a you know, just a, a different way of thinking about that kind of thing than you. Uh, and to the mayor of Ottawa, I think he publicly condemned that and said that in my city or something, we can't have this disrespect for our statues. I think he should really take a moment to do some self-reflection and ask himself if he really believes that or if he's using that as a political tool in order to make people feel a certain way about this group. And if that's the case, probably should check that and, and uh, rectify it. Yeah, that's all I got. I think we're going to take a little tour down to the hill and freeze our butts off <laughs> and then come back to the hotel and talk. So thank you very much, Todd. I'm uh, always happy to have your insights on this, especially, you know, you're, you're in there, you see the way things work and you know, you know how uh, the government listens or doesn't listen to people so yep that's very valuable insight and i hope that anyone out there that listened to this that you're encouraged knowing that your elected representatives now have that authority and ammunition they need to speak up for you when they are in uh, parliament and i think that's this week yeah so, yeah thank you very much for watching and thanks todd yeah thanks for Chris. Appreciate taking it. the time yeah and uh yeah i guess we'll Chat again soon. You betcha. Sounds good. Thanks.
<sighs> a little bit of organized pandemonium down here. So in case you're wondering what's going on, the people of Canada are taking it to the streets. They've said enough is enough and they're demanding that the uh, COVID mandates and restrictions are dropped. We're going to take a walk up to Parliament, Parliament Hill here and we'll, uh, we'll show you what's going on up there. That is a lot of police. And it's not surprising that there's so many police. There's a lot of people in the streets. Uh, it looks like Ottawa has brought in the uh, London police as well. As I imagine the Ottawa police service is probably a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of people and vehicles here. But there's a lot of trucks here, I tell you what. And a lot of these businesses are closed. Like the little, uh, you know, soup and sandwich shops and lots of coffee shops are just closed. Just uh, all the little boutiques, kind of in a couple blocks from Parliament, they're closed. Maybe it's just because of the day of, week, day of the week. We'll see tomorrow. This is how Canadians protest. They have a party. We don't riot. We just have parties in the streets. <laughs> What's that? Oh. <laughs> And people are very friendly here. That's a very good question. So the energy down here is uh, it's pretty positive. So I think tomorrow morning, I'm gonna have a talk with some of the you know, people in kind of leadership positions here. And I'm gonna find out if maybe we can have the truckers lay off the horns for part of the night so people can sleep. Last thing we need is a bunch of truckers that haven't gotten any sleep, cranky. That would be no fun. But for now, it's noisy all day and all night. So there would be a lot more trucks down here, but they actually barricaded the, the roads in and out. There was a, a grader parked on one of the streets up here across the intersection, police cars and the others, they piled snowbanks up. 
so you can't drive through certain places. Look at all the police. What do you call a group of police? Uh, a regiment? Like a gang or is it a... Gaggle? No. Squadron? A squad. A squad. There's a lot of them. It's a gang because that's... That's a good question. That's a good statement. Parliament Police Service. I've never seen anything like this before. Some of the Quebec guys did get through. Minus 20. Keep moving and keep warm. So the trucks stretch all the way down that street. 
we're not going to go that far. Yes, there absolutely is room for emergency vehicles. So judging from the amount of people that are live streaming or videoing right now, you don't really need the mainstream media to give you an idea of how many people are down there. Not as many tonight as there was on Saturday night, that's for sure. What? We should start our own in Canada. We'll, we'll make it Let's Go Gavin. <laughs> I like that. Go Gavin. But that's in a positive way. Yeah, I have no idea. It is uh, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Yeah, so that whole right side of the road or left side of the road is open for emergency vehicles. Tons of people walking around live stream. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. And on that note, I'm gonna quit live streaming because my fingers are frozen. Oh, maybe it was just one. Yeah, it was strange to see fireworks in downtown Ottawa between skyscrapers. I don't think that's allowed. Yeah, not as exciting as it was uh, last night, but it's exciting nonetheless. Anyway. We'll be back later on tonight for a little good night message. And, uh, hope you enjoyed that. Hey everybody, it's Chris here again from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. I am in downtown Ottawa, uh, part of this Trucker Convoy 2022. The Freedom Convoy 2022. Um, it's getting pretty interesting. The the feeling down here is it's very positive. Uh, people are having fun. They're dancing in the streets. But there are some things that got to be talked about. So let's talk about them. So we're kind of at the point now where it's like a I don't want to say do or die, but it's like a it's a shit or get off the pot moment. So we've been here for a couple days. It's been noisy, it's been boisterous, kind of chaos and pandemonium. And that's great because there's, it gets some attention and it's, 
It's it's uh, making people watch what's going on and they're asking questions. Uh, they're coming up to truckers and talking to them, which is wonderful. That's exactly what needs to happen. There needs to be dialogue with this sort of stuff. Now, for some full disclosure here, um, what I'm doing and what I've done over the last year, I've never done this before. I'm not an activist. I've never really been involved in protests or anything like that. This is all new to me. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I'm doing the best I can. I'm taking in as much information and trying to process it all and come to logical, reasonable conclusions. It's not always easy, and I don't always say or do the right thing, but um, I am trying really hard to do things that make an impact, a positive impact, and uh, you know, kind of keep the dialogue open. One of the things that I've done is, at the request of the judge who sentenced me, I've been doing my best to follow the science. So I've been reaching out to doctors and lawyers and uh, just people who know what who people who know what they're doing in these situations. And I've been having conversations with them. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a reporter. I don't have a media company, anything like that. I'm just your completely average guy um, that does average things looking for information. So I've reached out to uh, men like uh, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, I talked to Dr. Paul Alexander for a bit today. Uh, Dennis Modray, Dr. Dennis Modray. Dr. Stephanie Saneff, who else have we talked to? The Honorable Brian Peckford. Um, who else, Carrie? There's more. I'm, and, read, I'm reading. Yeah, I guess if you if you want to know what we've been doing in that regards, please go back and look at our previous videos. They're all on the page still. So my point is, I'm trying really hard to get the right information and get it out there. And sometimes that gets me in a bad spot because uh, Facebook especially the fact checkers, they don't like what I say. They don't like what the people that I talk to say. And they push back to the point of banning me off Facebook for three days and uh, demonetizing my page, which isn't a really big deal, but it is significant because what I found is to do this properly and to get the proper equipment to do these live streams and Zoom meetings, you, you gotta spend a little bit of money. I mean, a free StreamYard account or whatever doesn't really cut it. Uh, my old, my 10 year old PC didn't cut it, so I've spent a considerable amount of money um, just on equipment to do this which is fine and, and it's it, it actually it's great because now if I decide I want to spend a couple hours at even in the evening playing a video game I, I got a nice computer to do it on but anyway kind of getting off track here. so there are a few things about this uh, convoy that we have to talk about number one and probably the most pressing issue right now is that there are hundreds thousands of truckers in Ottawa right now parked in the rigs. Some are in downtown, some are on the outskirts of town. Uh, there's about 150 trucks on the parkway. At least. Something like that, at least. There's a lot of truckers out there and they've been kinda, they're away from the major parts of this, so they're kind of, they're not, they're not forgotten, but they're more difficult to get to and, and help. Uh, these guys are running out of fuel, and it's cold, so they, they need fuel in the trucks. Um, it's not always easy to get them food. They've been surviving off sandwiches and snacks and juice boxes. Washers. Uh, washroom facilities. I think they have two porta potties out there. Yeah, and showers. Showers, that kind of thing. Laundry. So one of the the most pressing issues right now is getting some support for those men and women that are out there. So what we're asking is that uh, people would just come together and get on the adopt a trucker program and you know. 
I guess you, if you had to, you could even just drive out there and talk to these men and women. Uh, ask them what they need. Uh, if you have space for them in your home, uh, bring them in your home and then the whole fuel and food situation is taken care of because you just have a guest in your home and they're, and they're happy to be there. Uh, the nice benefit about that is that you get a chance to hear these men and women's stories, which is also extremely important. So that is the number one thing, is uh, getting the truckers the support they need. And we've kind of stepped up, in particular Kerry, yes. and he's doing his best to coordinate um, getting people in contact with those truckers, putting teams together to go out there and help them get fuel, food, whatever they can do, um, going through the list of adopt a trucker, uh, uh, the people that offer their homes and the truckers that need it, and connecting them. So uh, it's going to be a monumental task and we're going to need a little bit of help on that. So if you have the time and the capability, please reach out to us. Send us an email at info at wsfullsteamahead.org and put in the subject line. We're asking just now too if uh, if they had a slip tank, can they come on and, and help? So, so if you have a slip tank and you want to help the truckers fuel up, you can try, but I don't know if you can get your vehicle down there. Con I think the subject is convoy help. Oh, subject is convoy help. So I think yeah. with the fuel thing, you may have to actually park a little ways away and bring some jerry cans and just do it old school. Walk to the trucks and dump a couple jerry cans of fuel in their fuel tanks. Other than that, I, I hope you can get to the trucks and fuel them up, but you may not be able to. So this is going to require a, a lot of uh, communication, coordination, and legwork. But we can get it done. I mean, we got tens of thousands of, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people across Canada mobilized and active uh, regarding this convoy. So I don't think it's too much to, to think that we can get truckers fuel and food and accommodations. So that is the most pressing things. The pressing thing. Any of these, and, and actually, even on the Quebec side, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So on the Quebec side, what happened is the, the police blocked off the bridge and they basically stopped the trucks at the bridge. And those those men and women that came from Quebec, they walked across the bridge and that's not a small bridge. So they walked across so that he, they could be here to support uh, this trucker convoy 2022 or Freedom Convoy 2022. So there are also trucks parked across the bridge on the Quebec side that are gonna need the same kind of help. So, like I said, this is a monumental task and we're going to need some people to help. Um, so if you can do that, send an email to info at wsfullsteamhead.org and put in the subject line, Convoy Help. Uh, Kerry will get in touch with you as soon as he can or whoever's monitoring emails at the time and they will put you into a spot where you can uh, help these men and women out. Uh, the second thing, there's some rumors floating around that the police have been mobilizing and getting ready to send tow trucks in and tow these trucks away. I think that's probably plausible because in this kind of situation when you're an authority or in the government or in the city, probably that's one of the things you have to think about. And they know that prior preparation prevents poor performance as well. So they're probably getting ready to do that. And of course the first step would be cops going around and knocking on trucks and telling them they have to move and then they'll give tickets and then they'll threaten towing and then maybe they'll arrest people. It, it could absolutely happen. So that's where the, the shit or get off the pot comes in. You have to ask yourself right now, what are you going to do in that situation? Are you going to uh, comply and leave or are you going to hunker down and stay? And no matter which path you choose, and I'm not, I'm not telling you which path to choose, 
the most important thing is to be respectful and peaceful. That means if a cop tells you you need to stand back, you stand back. If a cop tells you, um, you know, to or gives you a ticket, you say thank you for the ticket. The whole idea of this is peaceful. The minute it, it goes away from being peaceful, uh, we lose. And we don't want that to happen. So just chew on that and make your choice and stick to it. And know that no matter what you do, there will be people supporting you and encouraging you uh, all along the way. Next thing is the mayor of Ottawa is, he wants these trucks out of here. It's a pain in the ass for him. It's a pain in the ass for the city. It's a pain in the ass for the people in the city. And uh, I get it. I totally get it. Traffic's disrupted. There's horns honking all day, all night. There's engines revving. There's people <laughs> lining the streets. So it's, it is an inconvenience to say the least. So here's what I'm going to ask of all the truckers that are here. I'm going to ask that we all from 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. keep it quiet. Uh, let's give the, the citizens of Ottawa a chance to get some rest and as well as ourselves. And we'll take away one of those things that's, that's inconveniencing Ottawa. And the reason I'm saying we can do this or that we should do this is because we've already made the point that we're here. We're, we've been noisy. Everyone is well aware that the convoy is here. So I think now it's time to take a more, uh, a little more quieter and respectful approach and, and, and let people get their sleep and try and limit the impact we have on uh, the people of Ottawa as best we can. That's part of being respectful and compassionate. There are still people that are working. There's people putting kids to bed and horns honking day and night. It's, uh, it really interferes with that. So if we could limit our noise to 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., keep it quiet, get some rest. Uh, the other benefit to that is if truckers are getting rest, we don't have a bunch of cranky truckers in the morning because right now it's damn near impossible to sleep with the amount of noise. Actually, it's been fairly quiet right now. Right now it is. So this, this probably isn't too much to ask because I think people are mostly on the same page anyway. Uh, the next thing is, if you want to make some noise, I have an idea. Every hour on the hour from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m., let's lay on our horns for like, what do we say, 60 seconds? Yeah, we could do, we could do a minute. Let's do one minute. Let's do one minute one laying minute on our horns. Honk. All the noise we can make once an hour. Uh, now, that tells people we're still here and we're not leaving, but it also gives them 59 minutes out of every hour of peace and quiet and lets them get their work done. Uh, I think this would make a really good impact. And it will show people that, yes, we're respectful, uh, even though we want to make an impact and, uh, and, and get our point across. So those are, those are some of the things. Uh, another thing, there's been stuff on the media about statues being, quote, defaced, unquote. Now, I, I don't believe that putting a Canadian flag on, on a statue is defacing it. That's um, dressing it up. I don't believe that putting a sign that encourages freedom is defacing. I think it's dressing it up. I don't think we should be, certainly, 
don't want to see anybody painting anything or destroying anything or damaging anything, that's extremely disrespectful. Um, you know, maybe putting t-shirts with vulgar language on it on a statue, that's kind of on the fence, probably not the greatest thing to do. And while I believe in people's right to express themselves, uh, I just want to remind people that everything we do here, people are watching and they may not understand why you're doing something and it may give the wrong image. So we don't want to do that. We don't want people to think we're a bunch of terrorists, racist, misogynists. We want them to know that we're just uh, committed to the cause and uh, we're here for the long haul. So why don't we not give the media things to uh, focus on that detracts from the message of this? And the message is we've had enough. Canada has had enough. We're standing up for each other and these mandates have to go. That's the message. The message isn't we're here to dress up statues like mannequins um, and, and, and doing so does take away from the message. So maybe just think about that. The other thing is there's a, there's, a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people don't know about. There's a lot of men and women working really hard, pretty much around the clock, to try and make sure that everybody who's involved in this has everything they need. So just remember that if you're, if you're, uh, if you need something or you're, you're trying to get a hold of someone and they don't get a hold of you right, back to you right away, it's not because they don't care. It's not because they're abandoning you. It's because there's a lot to do, and there's very few people to do it. Um, we're trying to help with that, but it's uh, like I say, we we haven't done this before. This is all new to us for to most of us, so it's a very steep learning curve. And on that note, what I'd suggest is that if you're parked downtown in a truck or on the parkway, uh, get to know the truckers around you and in your own little groups, kind of figure out what you have and what you can share and, and use the buddy system and take care of each other. Like today, my truck wouldn't start because the stupid starter froze up again. And the guy next to me just happened to have a Tiger torch. So he warmed up my starter, I started the truck. That Those kinds of things. If someone's hungry and you have a sandwich, give them a sandwich. Uh, if they're cold and you have extra uh, clothes or warm socks or whatever, let them use it. That's what this is all about. It's about unity. And unity isn't just about driving in a convoy together somewhere. It's about making sure that everybody involved uh, has what they need and nobody's left behind. I've been preaching that people are not alone this entire time. And... Even here in downtown Ottawa, in the freezing cold, with limited resources and supplies, you're not alone. We are all in this together, and there's enough of us here that we can make it work. One of the other things that was mentioned today is that um, they've set aside some room, and I'm going to post this up on our Facebook page, but they've set aside some room for trucks to park if they have to move. Uh, I think there's enough room around Ottawa for like... I don't know, a lot of trucks. I think there's like 250 acres or 300 acres of land cleared off or something like that. So if you do have to move, there's a spot for you. If you, if downtown getting tickets and getting arrested isn't for you, um, there are other things you can do to continue to stay in the fight. Speaking of the fight, I'm going to remind you again that this is not going to end just because Trudeau sees a bunch of trucks and just says, oh, okay, well, I'm dropping the mandates. This is going to end 
um, when our elected representatives are encouraged enough and they have enough uh, optics and, and in this case auditory signals that people have had enough and they're demanding the mandates drop uh, if those people that represent you they, they see that then they have to take that into parliament because that's their job their job is to represent us their job is not to blindly follow the prime minister so that is super important so the emails letters phone calls to your mp or your mla for that matter are extremely important right now give them the the ammunition and the opportunity they need to make your voice heard within parliament or in your legislature that is super super important and i know this is not probably what a lot of people want to hear uh, there are people out there talking about how this is going to force the government to dissolve and they're going to end parliament and put in a different government that is not going to happen this is not going to be an easy fix there is no silver bullet for this there's no magic piece of paper it doesn't exist and anybody that's telling you that um, they're pandering to your emotions and your hopes that something like that is going to come and save you if not if, it, if there was something like that it would have already happened so pay attention pay attention to what people are saying and ask yourself is that probable and is it plausible and you're going to easily separate the wheat from the chaff when it comes to solutions for the mess we're in I don't know if you if you think I'm wrong or or something please send me a message and try and change my mind but I've been in this for a while now for over a year I've talked to almost everybody involved in this I've talked to almost all of the leadership or the, or the people that are taking leadership roles in this freedom movement I've heard it all most of it um, I've, I've checked it out and I come to the same conclusion every time anything that seems like a quick fix is not a fix at all and if you continue to put your hope in these quick fixes and continue to be disappointed um, you're gonna end up in a place where your mindset is negative you're losing hope you're getting depressed and then you're gonna start doing things that are very detrimental to this we don't want to see people lose hope we don't want to see people taking matters into their own hands and doing stupid things where people end up getting hurt and you know as, as much as it would be great to just be sensational and dramatic and, and tell you all these things what we're gonna do to save you it's a lie those, those things are lies and I'm not here to to try and get more people to watch my videos I'm not here to be famous I'm here to give you the information that I get that lays out a logical, reasonable, and probable solution to this. And none of those other things that I've heard come anywhere close to all these things. So if, you, if you're if you into that, if you want a show and, and sensationalism and drama and, uh, you know, crazy stories about how the country doesn't exist and, and this group of people is going to take over and fix everything for everybody, fill your boots. But if you want solutions, uh, if you want 
logical application of the rules and stuff like that. And if you want a real path to success at this that, that involves some hard work, please stay tuned because I'm going to keep bringing you that. One of the things that I've heard recently that we need to do, which is extremely important, is make this bigger. If you, if you don't pay attention to anything else that I've said in this live, and I guess if you haven't been paying attention, you probably hit the finish button by now. But take, take this with you and think about this. This needs to be bigger. A convoy in Ottawa is not enough. This has to start happening all over the country. You need to start mobilizing in your towns and you need to be visual and audible in your town and keep this going. You need to give your elected representatives the imagery in your area that people have had enough. Doing this in Ottawa isn't enough. I've come to realize that the, some of the groups that lined this up to do this in Ottawa, they did it because they're, they have this plan to dissolve the government. That's not going to work. It won't. Even if there was some mechanism for that to happen, uh, something like that comes down to society and if the majority of society isn't on side with you with something like that it will never happen so do the work get organized in your town in your city and arrange convoys and get it happening get out there get in the streets that is how we win this we become unified right now we have a, a great opportunity because we really unified to get this happening in Ottawa. Now it now comes more work. Now comes more people in more towns and cities unifying and showing their elected representatives there that they've had enough. This has to be so loud and so visible that no person in authority anywhere can say, that this is a fringe group uh, with unacceptable opinions. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And I hope it doesn't discourage you saying that this is going to take some more work. Because it definitely will. But you know what? Nothing worthwhile comes easy, does it? Well, unless you buy a lottery ticket and, and you win, but what are the chances of that? So I guess uh, I'm gonna peer through the questions a little bit here. The uh, so they did talk about uh, ask about the police presence. Have you seen anything? Know what's going on? And uh, are the lanes open for emergency vehicles, etc.? So I don't know if say that again. Uh, the, what the police presence is like there, and if there's lanes open for emergency vehicles, it sounds like everything is plugged up, and that's not true. No, yeah, okay, so the question is, uh, what are the, what's the police presence like and is there access for emergency vehicles? Yes, there is 100% access for emergency vehicles. As a matter of fact, we see cars driving around down here all the time. Uh, the police have done a very good job of closing roads strategically so that if things need to get somewhere, they can get there. So there's no concern about that. If you live in Ottawa and you need emergency services, you will get them. As a matter of fact, all of these trucks here, if there were emergency services that needed to get through, they would move. That's part of this is that everybody is to cooperate with emergency services. As for police presence, there is a big police presence here. 
And uh, from what I've found, police are kind of like spiders. If you see one, there's a thousand that you can't see. And there's a lot of them in the streets. They brought in police from other jurisdictions. Uh, looks like they have most of the parliament police or par parliamentary police service here. Uh, OPP is out in force. Uh, they have the London police here as well. And that's not necessarily because they want to just forcefully remove everybody. That's because that's what they do. When there's lots of people, there's lots of police. Because if something happens, they need to be able to control the situation and keep people safe. And yeah, maybe they will start coming and being jerked to the truckers. I don't know. But that really is irrelevant. They're doing what they do as police. And we really can't do anything about that. So um, cooperation would be key with that. Yes, I saw that message. There are a lot of people working very hard to make sure people get what they need. And uh, they're doing a really good job of it. But it's not a job that's for one or ten people. This is a job that comes down to hundreds of people. So yes, there are people coordinating and trying to get people, uh, the truckers what they need, but it's going to come down to help from everybody around. If you think about 150 trucks parked on a roadway and all those people needing to get somewhere, uh, let's say there's some have passengers, so it's 200 people. How many loads and even a shuttle bus does that take to move them where they need to go? That's a lot of driving and a lot of, a lot of people. That's a logistical nightmare. Uh, 200 people pooping every day and truckers, I mean, twice a day, three times a day, who knows? Uh, that's a lot of porta potties And it's, you know, it's a shitty situation, but it's reality. And then you throw fuel in there, each one of these trucks, they have, most of them have uh, one or two tanks that are 400 plus liters. And they burn probably 100 liters a day. So one of those tanks only lasts four days. So getting those trucks fueled, that's a big job. And if you consider 150 trucks, 400 liters of tank, and trying to fill them up with jerry cans, that's a lot of support that's needed. So these truckers have stepped up for you, and you really need to ask yourself if you think it's worth stepping up for them. Because we, we, we won't get through this unless we are unified. What else was there? Uh, you need a radio. Yes. Oh yeah, I do need a radio. So we stopped at every Flying J on the way here to try and pick up a two-way, FM two-way, and they didn't have any. So if anybody out there has an extra two-way radio, I could really use one, and I will give it back, I promise. I won't steal your radio, uh, but that would make this a little bit smoother. What else do we need? We don't really need anything. We're kind of okay. We have lots of cookies. We have cookies. Sandwiches. And sandwiches. You know we have so many cookies that if somebody came by and wanted cookies, we could give them. Oh yeah, we're more than happy. Stop by and, and, and get a, stop by and grab a cookie. You know what though? I would like monster cookies with M&M's. Mm. Monster cookies with M&M's yeah, are great. Yeah, I haven't eaten those. Actually, what do you want? You wanted pita pit. You want, she wanted rice pita pit, rice pita bowl, pita pit. Pita pit. I don't yeah. even know what If anybody mean. knows if there's a pita pit around here, I, I guess we could just ask it. Google. Yeah. But somebody in the truck really wants a rice bowl for pita. So I think that that's pretty pita. much it. Just, yeah, a big reminder that no matter what happens, everybody has to stay peaceful. You cannot get into that dark place where you start doing stupid shit and give the media the ammunition they need to have us force, forcefully removed. That is completely counterproductive to the cause. Um, oh, so with the convoys in other cities, 
I, I would actually like to see people posting on our page or in the, com in the comments section here. I want to see people saying, yes, I will step up and start organizing in my city. I want to see that. Hit that like, hit that share, hit the heart, whatever, and comment. We want to see who is willing to step up and help with this because there's a lot of cities in Canada and that's a lot of people. It's a logistical nightmare and this is going to take the better part of of Canada to pull this off. Uh, the one place in particular that we want to see a lot of trucks and a lot of visual and audible uh, stuff is in Tofino. Now I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling a little birdie told me that Trudeau is holed up at his uh, little shack, which is probably nicer than most of our houses, in Tofino. Tofino is also where the federal government spent $10 million on the airstrip so that Trudeau and his friends could land their private jets there. But that's uh, another story. So Vancouver Island, where I'm from, uh, if you're one of my friends and you're watching this, I'm asking you to start organizing convoys down to Tofino. It's pretty easy to find online where Trudeau's house is. I think it's Lions, Lions Street, Lions Road, something, something like that. that yeah. But it won't be hard to find. It's probably one of the fanciest places there. I imagine there's a security detail there, probably a guard house, that kind of thing. But wouldn't it be wonderful to see hundreds of trucks outside Trudeau's vacation home in Tofino? And I actually thought when this, when this convoy started, I was considering going west instead of east because I knew he was there. And I thought maybe I should just go there and be the lone truck there with an Alberta flag and a Canadian flag flying uh, so that when Trudeau looks out his window, he sees that and he knows that there's trucks that are standing for Canadians. But in the end, I chose to come to Ontario because, well, number one, I wasn't 100% sure if Trudeau was in Tofino. And number two, uh, I just felt it was important to be part of this convoy. But that doesn't mean that those of you who, are, who had to stay behind because of other commitments can't do that. So who's going to step up? 12... 81 Linz Road, Tofino. Well, that's a good place to start. Send pictures. Maybe a video of him and uh, surfing. Here, here videos of him <laughs> surfing. <laughs> There's another question about, uh, isn't there a GoFundMe for food and gas, and can't the people on the parkway use that? Well, they yes. still need to get gas. Yeah, they still need to get it, though. Uh, just having the cash there to buy the, uh, the diesel is one thing, but getting the diesel to the trucks is a completely other thing. That's the problem. It's easy to go and pay for a bulker of fuel. It's right now impossible to get a bulker of fuel down the parkway to fill trucks up. And I would like to point out that some of the volunteers involved with this have reached out to the Ottawa Police Service and asked them if they could use trucks to get these truckers the things they need like fuel and food and porta potties and things like that. And as of now, the Ottawa Police Service has declined. So that might be another action item. Why don't you phone the Ottawa Police Service and uh, get a hold of their media relations and find out why they're doing that? Why would they refuse to have people not freezing in their trucks and uh, getting food they need? They know the truckers are staying here, they know that. Um, so to not work with them and help them out like that and not even help them out just let them drive a truck down there 
That's all they need. Why they wouldn't do that is, well, we know why they wouldn't do it, is because they want to force them to leave. Would the Zello app work? But the question is, is that maybe they all don't have internet. Well, the Zello app is tough because on, on my end, I have that Zello app and, and I open it up and there's like 3,000 messages. So what, how do I, how do you deal with that? I don't even, it's just too much. I think the two ways right now are the best. So again, if anyone's got a spare two-way radio I'll, that I could use, that would be awesome. Well, there are some people posting in the comments that they're going to organize rallies or uh, convoys. I'd like to see that every Saturday. Snoozing in a luxury hotel. I want to snooze in a luxury hotel. We do yeah. have a hotel. It's uh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Cute. We it's cute. yeah. It's Super cute. Love it. It's quaint, mm. but it certainly is no luxury hotel. Quaint is a good word. Yeah. Uh, oh, the towing industry in Ottawa. I wonder what would happen mm. if the convoy people put all the tow truck companies around Ottawa on retainer. Yeah. So they couldn't tow. I wonder. I should phone Tamara. It's possible. And ask if we can do that. And to all those who are working at tow truck companies in Ottawa, I wonder what you think about this. I wonder if you get a phone call from the government asking you to go tow trucks, or asking you to go tow trucks out of downtown Ottawa. I wonder if you would do it, because you're a trucker too. So here's an interesting question, and this may be its own video altogether, but uh -oh. you cannot attend a residence or cottage and protest in front of that that is 100% illegal. You have the right to protest, but not at a personal residence. Do you even want to talk about that or not? <laughs> well, I would say, okay, so the comment was you don't have the right to protest at a personal residence. I don't know that for sure. I guess you can probably find out. But who's to say that there's, like, even if it's anywhere near there yeah. and they can hear it and see it, that's effective. You don't have to park in someone's driveway to protest. I mean, you can be a couple blocks away. Absolutely and get a bunch of people involved and you know be loud there and they'll still know so yeah maybe you don't want to be overstepping like our government is doing um, you want to do things peacefully and respectfully and there are ways to do that so you just might have to be creative maybe if you decide to get a convoy going down to Tofino maybe you're not parked on his front lawn I, I wouldn't do that anyway um, but there are ways to do things within the law respectfully and still get your point across. Ah, the Coots border crossing. Yes. Amazing. There's a lot of trucks down there. That's another thing you can do. Organize these protests at border crossings. Get the trucks down there. Coots has tons of trucks right now. They got a lot of Both support. Sides. Both, Both sides. sides, American and Canadian. Um, our American brothers and sisters are just as pissed off as we are about this and they are organizing and they're like They're kind of like big brother down there, right? Yes, like they, yeah, they got ten yeah. times as many people. They got ten times as many truckers ten times as much everything um, their President is ten times as old as Trudeau is he? Well, At least yeah, uh, at and least is, and is senile too. Yeah, and um, he is as senile. 
But yes, so the Coots border crossing, uh, if you are around that area, get down there, join in. Have we seen any U.S. trucks? We've seen lots uh, of U.S. flags. Yeah, we've seen lots of U.S. flags, but I haven't seen... I, well, I haven't checked the license plates. No, that's true, too. And likewise, I think all the ones on Wellington would have been um, from the south, like Toronto area. Yeah, yeah. so the so the, the, the trucks on Wellington near Parliament, they're from the south. They got here earlier, or Quebec. Uh, some of the Quebec trucks came here very, very early. So they all got the good parking spots. Good for them, though. That's awesome. It's great to see them. So a question was, uh, where can I purulator my extra CB to you? So we tried the CB, and that didn't... Oh, yeah, it's not a CB it's that we need. A it's uh, it's actually a, like an FM two-way with, uh, with the LAD channels, that kind of thing. So the CB, unfortunately, in this situation, won't work. But I, I don't know if you need the purulator stuff here. It's kind of... Probably, I'm sure there's going to be a, one around here somewhere. Yeah. But thank you for the offer. Yeah, anyway, so our American brothers and sisters are getting involved in the fight too. They don't like it. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes this. And if you don't believe me, look at news from around the globe. There's trucker convoys popping up in countries all over the world. And that's why it's so important right now to keep this momentum going in your city and in your town. People need to see this in their cities. Like, look at the excitement when all those convoys happened in, uh, on, on yesterday, yeah. on Saturday. It was amazing. The whole world was abuzz and watching Canada. Even the mainstream media almost got it right. They almost did. They were reporting on it because they have to, because it's embarrassing to miss something this big. Um, of course, they put their own weird spin on it, but they're starting to report on it. Here's, a, here's an interesting question that we can't actually comment on, but people are saying Tamara is missing. Can you make this rumor go away? Number one, we just saw Tamara, so I think she's fine. Yes. Number, number two is how many rumors have we seen this entire trip? Oh, this whole trip has been rumors. It's all been rumors, and there's right from start to finish. Uh, nails in parking lots, yeah. poisoned food, yeah. Antifa... I mean, it, it's never-ending. So that I said that before. When you hear something that sounds strange, think about it and ask yourself, is it plausible and is it probable? And go with your gut. Because you know just as well as I do that most of these things, like the Trudeau spent $45 million hiring Antifa. No, he didn't. No, he didn't do that. Come on. What else we got here? The problem has been a lack of centralized communication. Yes, that's been difficult. Uh, we're trying to work on it. I didn't really want to take on any of that kind of rollout here because there's a lot of people that have been working on this, but uh, if I can do something to help, then of course I will. I think the big thing is is that this came together so fast, right? And, and there's only so much that you can possibly do. There was really kind of no risk ass assessment done in terms of uh, if somebody comes out here and they don't have a shower, what yeah. happens to those people? Well, they right? stink. They totally stink. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like you. Yeah, just like you. <laughs> so yeah, um, that that's it's been an issue. But it, what I've said before is that we're not professional activists. This is just this is a grassroots organic thing. Um, we're rolling with the punches as we go. We're doing the best we can. And when we identify there's somewhere we need help, we're just asking for it. 
and there's a lot of people who want to help so I don't think that's a bad thing and again that's what it means to be unified identify the problems uh, identify the needs people have and do whatever you can to help them or fix the problem um, yeah uh, there, there's been a lot of stuff in the media like I've seen this is a racist organization they're a bunch of white supremacists even the angry Albertan and I still like that guy by the way yeah because of his videos he did of the list of stop off the bat very well spoken. I think, he, I think he does have good points. He's got really Absolutely. good points. Absolutely. But now he's saying that the Trucker's Convoy logo has 666 in it. Really? He's, he's pretty angry. Really? He's so angry. And to extrapolate that out of a just a design, first of all, who fucking cares? What did you say? Oh, it's a children's show. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> who, who cares? It's a logo. Um, none of these people here that I've met are white supremacists. Um, Pat King is not a white supremacist. No. He's maybe said some things that people twisted. Um, and I don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I don't talk to Pat much. Actually, I haven't talked to him forever. Um, we don't really do anything together. But I don't think he's a racist white supremacist. No, I don't think don't. Tamara is either. I don't think any of these people are. Um, and I actually called out a very rich and powerful NDP MLA or MP for this kind of thing. I think that one of the most racist things you can do is use fake racism to try and silence those who you don't agree with. That's disgusting. And that's happening a lot, but people are starting to call it out. They really are. And you'll see, you see pictures of uh, what was it? A Confederate flag? Yes. Yeah. There are a lot of people who fly a Confederate flag who are not racist. They don't see it like that. And yes, I get that the flag has been hijacked by those groups, but it's probably better to ask those people why they have that flag um, or maybe just have some dialogue with them than just call them a racist. And we haven't seen one. I haven't seen one. I did not see a flag with a swastika on it. Um, I haven't seen any hate symbols. I haven't heard anyone say any hateful speech. Well, I've, like seen, I've seen a lot of F Maple Leaf CK, but I don't even flags. know what that means. I don't know what that means. F Maple Leaf Maple Leaf CK. It doesn't I even make any I, sense. I don't know. F Maple Trudeau. Maybe. F Maple Leaf Trudeau. I, I just anyway. Yeah, but even that, it's not. Well, maybe some people do hate. Him. I don't maybe. hate the guy. I don't really hate anybody. I, I don't hate anybody. I completely disagree with what they're doing, but it doesn't mean I hate them. And I know there's a lot of people who have been really run, run through the ringer over this COVID stuff, and they're feeling some hate, but it's not good. It's not good to hate people. Just really dislike them. So what else? Is there anything else, or should I just cut this short? Well, you've, you've talked a lot, and uh, that's what... <laughs> what you tend to do. Carrie makes fun of me for talking a lot. <laughs> Just cut it short. Yeah. Um, you want me to cut it cut short? It, cut it short. Cut, cut it, it shorter. Cut it short? Short. Yes, it's short. Yeah. Short? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, one other thing. So there are some people that were wondering how come I haven't spoken at the, the rallies or whatever. Question. That's a very good uh, question. There is... 
I don't know, a couple of reasons. So yesterday, I couldn't even get down there. There's too many people, and I was stuck in this truck. And today, I actually went down there, I listened to some people speak, and there was a lot of stuff that I really shook my head at because I, there's a path that we should be on, and I don't want people being distracted or putting false hope into things, taking us off the path, and uh, taking away from movement. Um, but I did stand there for about, I don't know, two and a half, three hours waiting to go speak, but it was weird. This politician after politician comes down there and they want to get up on this uh, on their, on this platform to speak and talk about themselves. And that's not what this is about. This isn't about politicians promoting themselves. This is about encouraging others to stand up, letting them know they're not alone, and uh, encouraging people to get involved with this movement. I'll try again tomorrow. Uh, I probably will speak too long, right, Carrie? Because I never keep it short. No, no, you're like 20 plus minutes, easy. But if you if you do want to hear me speak, I will do my best to get down there and get up there and speak, even though that many people kind of terrify me. Yes, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. That is a lot. Of and I'm not a public speaker, so. According to CBC, there's 12. Oh, CBC said there's 12 trucks. All 12 are here. They're yeah, actually they're, right here. They're yeah. all right. I'm looking at them right now in one block. So what are we going to do this coming week? Who's going to organize? Who's going to step up? Who's going to become leaders in their communities and organize these convoys? Who's going to take the initiative and form support groups for these truckers? Who's going to do that? Stop asking who and, and step up and just do it. And we all understand that uh, a lot of you probably, you don't know what you're doing, you've never done this before, and we get it. So let's just all do our best and do our part, do whatever we can today to make a difference and encourage others to do the same. And if we can do that, if we can encourage this country to build the momentum, um, I just, I can't imagine what our government is gonna think of that. They're probably already worried, but at this point, they know if they continue doing what they're doing and just wait it out, all they have to do is wait and let things implode. And they will implode unless people don't stand up and encourage and support one another. So let's not let that happen. Anything else? No, I have to phone my girlfriend. She's... Uh, ah. she's oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> yes, CBC did not say there were 12 trucks. Come on, guys, that's fake news. Yes, you're right. I was, I'm sorry. I was being, uh, I was exaggerating, sarcastic. being sarcastic. Hashtag that's sarcasm. my sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff that I say is sarcastic and people don't know because my, uh, my, my funny face expression is like this. This is my happy expression. This is what I look like when I'm sad. And this is my angry face. So, yeah, I understand that you don't get my sarcasm. But my point is, the news has really downplayed this this movement, this convoy. And uh, the nice thing is, we have social media as a way to stay connected with each other and show, like look at all the live streams. There's what, probably thousands of live thousands streams. Thousands of live streams. Everybody we walk by, we're just live streaming each other. It's freaking hilarious. I think we should just turn off mainstream media because we don't need it anymore. We may as well. And if you want to watch a hilarious TV show, just turn on our live stream. It's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like Big Brother, but only about 10% uh, is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big trucks. 
Big trucker. Big trucker. Big trucker. We still have to come up with Whistle Stop Boys. The Whistle Stop Boys TV show. That would be hilarious. <laughs> well, <laughs> Randy would have all the cheeseburgers <laughs> he could eat. So, anyway, um, in the interest of keeping this short, uh, we're going to say goodnight. Uh, I'm going to wander down to Parliament Hill and check out this massively building police force that's there pulling out rifles and getting ready to arrest everybody and toss us in jail and tow our trucks and throw them in the shredders and then use the shredded truck pieces to make more guns <laughs> to go and get more people out of their homes and throw them in the shredders to make food for Randy's burgers. Was, was that your sarcasm face? That was sarcasm there just to be clear but I am going to go down and have a look and see what's going on down there. I'm not going to bug you with another live stream unless there's something significant going on down there. Um, but just know that the the there is a there is positivity in the air in Ottawa. Um, everybody's having a good time. Uh, we've shaken a bazillion hands again. That was and a few hugs. That was uh, exaggeration. The bazillion. Yeah. We haven't shaken literally a bazillion hands, um, but we've shaken more than twelve. And yeah wish you all a good night and please consider what I said about stepping up and if you think that one person can't make a difference who's one person that made a difference I don't I, I don't know certainly not me. who's a very significant person that made one TikTok. Chris one, one TikTok one TikTok one, one TikTok man, did it Mr. Chris Barber yeah. made a TikTok after a few beers and he ignited Started a country. This. Absolutely. So if you think that one person can't make a difference, just think about Chris Barber and Trucker Bridget. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Night, everybody. Oh, P.S. Hug your children. Nice. Love you all.